Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into my top 10 December-born actors in today's episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. We are finally... Finally, back on schedule with the Month Born Actors episodes. Uh, It is December. When I'm recording this, it will be December when this episode is released. And uh, it'll... we'll be back. It is a December-born episode. A little bit of a delay, October, November, but everything is good to go now. Uh, One of the issues, uh, minor issue, minor issue, uh, with this episode, I did not get the chance to watch as many new movies for some of the names you're about to hear as I wanted to. Uh, I made sure that everyone who was on this list previously, I had, I've seen at least one new movie from them, uh, but in some cases, that is exactly one new movie uh, in the last two years, mind you. So, quite, quite a, a lot of uh, potential missed out on. I, I, I suppose, uh, and and the main reason for that is, uh, and and you'll hear this episode, this will be the next episode released, uh, is I was pro- mostly just cramming to get in as many movies from 2010 as possible uh, for the 2010 Circle of Film Award episode, uh, which I'm recording tomorrow, and then we're uh, leaving to go to Florida for a week, and that's the situation. So, all that said, um, a fine group of names, uh, but I I don't know, it it does feel like there's a little something off about this list, and maybe maybe that won't come through uh, in in the list when I get to it, but maybe maybe it will, I don't know, we'll see. Um, So, a brief look at the last time I did top 10 December born actors back then the top 10 bottom top was Jake Gyllenhaal Julie Delpy Marissa Tomei Denzel Washington Maggie Smith Jonah Hill Tatsuya Nakadai Brad Pitt and Rick and Rafe Fiennes um, and uh, most of those names are not here anymore I believe half of them have survived the transition and uh, we can get into that as we go through uh, before we get into the actual top 10, a couple of people who narrowly missed uh, and were not on last year's list. Uh, we got Ray Collins, old actor from, from the, born in 1889. Not quite, not quite high enough. Uh, Tom Waits, Mark Duplass, Duplass, Chuck Hamilton, Liv Ullman, Christopher Plummer. Uh, a lot of big names that, that came, that are close uh, you know, only a point or two away uh, in score from from busting into the top ten, and uh, maybe that happens next time I get to this. Uh, if I can watch the movies, I really would like to get to. Uh, but for now, they're unfortunately just shy of making it into the top ten. So, without any further ado, let's get into this month's top ten actors born in this month. That makes more sense. Let's get into the top 10 actors born this month. Number 10. 
born in the United Kingdom, December 28, 1934. Still alive, thankfully. 27 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 61.484 Oscar nominations, including one win, a value of 9, a score of 66.24 to be ranked 142nd overall, is Dame Maggie Smith, Margaret Natalie Smith, um, fantastic performer and actor that truly, you know, the last thing I saw her in was, I believe, uh, Downton Abbey, and having not seen any of the show, she just is so perfect at everything. Um, her role in the film is small. I'm sure it's you know a very wide and expansive role throughout the years that the show aired, but she's just so commanding with her with her screen presence, and it's not something that most actors have, uh, and and especially and it's especially difficult uh, to maintain for so many decades. You know the first time I remember, you know, being aware of who she was, was seeing her as McGonagall in, in Sorcerer's Stone back in, you know, almost 20 years ago now. And just from the moment you see her, she is the perfect casting choice for McGonagall. She knows exactly how to play that character, how to command the attention of her students, uh, how to go toe-to-toe with um, Snape and... and <laughs> You know, it just, there's no one else who could have done that, as far as I'm concerned. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great privilege to continue to be able to watch more things that she's, she's in. Um, you know, all the, from, from the period pieces like Gosford Park and A Room with a View, Downton Abbey, as I said, Coming Jane, um, to the more... Uh, you know, kind of those films that, uh, you know, you see all the great, some great actors, you know, kind of just happen to be in at some point, and you're not really sure why they're in them, but they are, like, even seeing her in stuff, uh, you know, like Sherlock Gnomes, a voice role in Sherlock Gnomes, uh, getting to see her in uh, the two Marigold Hotel films you know it's just it's just so much fun uh that she's still giving these these wonderful performances in in all these movies and uh, i i really do love it. it it's it's so nice and so wonderful uh you even have what else uh, you got uh from the 70s murder by death you've got her in nanny mcphee uh death on the nile uh, the Prime of Miss Jean Brody, The Secret Garden, Sister Act, Hook, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And uh, so her four Oscar-nominated films that I've, or nominated performances, rather, uh, Room with a View um, is my favorite of the films she was nominated for an Oscar for. Uh, the Prime of Miss Jean Brody is the film in which she won her Oscar. Uh, you also have Gosford Park and 
Othello. A very old Othello. Um, the Lawrence Olivier version from 65. 65! That's 54 years ago. She was 31 when that film came out. And uh, man, she is 85 now. And still in movies that are still making a fair bit of money. She's still doing it. And, and it's a great thing. Some of the films of hers that I haven't seen yet, according to popularity, uh, sorted by popularity on Letterboxd, The First Wives Club from 1996, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, Clash of the Titans from 1981. Is this animated? No, just the poster. The Lady in the Van from 2015, Richard III, Quartet, Un Evil Under the Sun, which I believe is another Hercule Poirot mystery. And the Divine and Divine Secrets of the Aya Sisterhood. Among many others, she has 78 film credits listed on the letterboxd. I'm sure the number is greater if you look at IMDB. I've only seen about a third of that, so lots of stuff left. Lots of stuff left to see with Maggie Smith. Uh, I don't know that she'll ever be anything more, anything first and foremost besides McGonagall to me, but it's, I, I think she just, she, she has the, the range and, and capacity and bravada um, to, you know, be that, Uh, to, 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 to over, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? To, to overcome that small fraction of her time that she spent as McGonagall. Uh, which, you know, obviously it's a lot of time, seven movies that she was in, but, uh, man, it's, oh well. I'm looking forward to more movies with Maggie Smith. She's number 10, number 142 overall. Number 9. Number 9. Born in India, December 23rd, 1918, passing October 10th, 2013, at the age of 94. Seven film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 76. No Oscar nominations or wins a value of 7.5, a score of 66.61 to be ranked 126th overall, is Kumar Palana. And this is an interesting one, because seven films, yeah, I, I haven't seen a ton of film, movies with this guy, uh, with Kumar in them, but Letterboxd lists him as having 13 film credits, and one of the ones I haven't seen doesn't even have a poster, so... Uh, you know, like, the most popular film of his I haven't seen has 1,000 views. 1,009 views on Letterboxd. So, there's a good chance I'd, like, never get a, get around to watching more films from him. I mean, obviously, I'll try to by next December, if he's still at the top of the, toward the top of this list, but it's a lot. Um, and so, the films that he has been in, and part of the reason why he's so high, highly rated is that he's worked a few times with Wes Anderson on The Royal Tenenbaums, Rushmore, Bottle Rocket, The Darjeeling Limited. Uh, he was in The Terminal, which isn't a great movie, but I like it. Uh, Another Earth 
from Mike Cahill, starring Britt Marling, which I do like quite a bit. And his weakest film, uh, which, weak being relatively speaking, because I think it's an okay movie, is, excuse me, Ten Items or Less, with Paz Vega and Morgan Freeman. So, uh, there's no bad movie on this list that I've seen, and maybe there's one in the handful of movies I haven't seen, uh, which are Anjana Anjani, The Bomb System, or Bomb The System, sorry, China Test Girls, that's the one without a poster, Hamlet ADD, Campus Radio, and Hollywood Whores. Hollywood Whores has no views on Letterboxd. Campus Radio has two. Hamlet ADD has one. Bomb the System has 116. China Test Girls has eight. And Ajana Ajani has a thousand, as I said before. That's maybe the only one I'm going to be able to find. And, um, you know, even if it's bad, he's still going to be pretty highly rated and a very tough uh, sort of uh, gatekeeper of, of sense. Kumar Palana isn't, you know, a, a, a big name. He's not in a lot of stuff, as you can see. I believe he's done a lot of TV. Um, I do seem, believe I recognize him from television. I'm trying to find him on. Uh, oops. I'm going to try and find him and some of his stuff on IMDb. Maybe. And of course, they have 21 film credits for him. So, none that I've seen. Or no, no additional films on here that I've seen or that I recognize. But a couple other films, so maybe I can find something there. But no, he hasn't even been in any TV shows that I've seen. Crazy. He looks so familiar. Huh. Um, but yeah, uh, Kamar Palana, I don't have much to say about him. I... I think, you know, looking through all these films and trying to, like, pick out what his role was and, and a scene he was even in, in any of these movies, the only one I can think about is The Terminal, where he played one of the workers there uh, alongside, you know, Diego Luna. And I can recall seeing them sitting around together and such, but that's it. That's all I can think about. Kumar Palana, number nine. Born in December, number 126th overall. Number eight is another interesting name to appear on this list. Uh, number eight, born December 11th, 1973 in New York. 13 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 67.69. No Oscar nominations or wins, a value of nine, a score of 67.67 to be ranked 102nd overall. Just outside the top 100 is Yasin Bey. And um, if you're not totally familiar with that name, you may also uh, recognize his other moniker of Most Deaf. Uh, I first saw him at, in The Italian Job, uh, the Mark Wahlberg version, which I like probably more than I should, but I do. I remember later seeing him in stuff like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Be Kind, Rewind, 
And, uh, you know, then he sort of, when I, you know, on the spreadsheet, you kind of realize, oh, he has a small part in Monster's Ball. He's in Begin Again, Talladega Nights, uh, The Woodsman, 16 Blocks, and, and some other stuff. Then you throw on top of that a couple of documentaries, like his sh- appearance in uh, the Amy Winehouse documentary from a few years back, Amy. Uh, he's in a film called Something from Nothing, The Art of Rap. Um, you know, and uh, boom, you've got, you know, somebody with a solid filmography. Uh, he's in the Joaquin Phoenix pseudo-documentary, I'm Still Here, from 2010. And... It, it feels like a pretty weak filmography, at least from the films I've seen, but the, the numbers, they don't lie. Um, Yassine Bey is, uh, got, he's got a pretty substantial thing right here, and maybe this doesn't last uh, until next year. Probably doesn't last until next year, but for now, for this moment in time, he's, he's here. He's, he's in the top 10. 13 films that I've seen, that's about, that's approximately one-third of the total films that he's been in, uh, 39 film credits on Letterboxd. Uh, some of the ones I haven't seen include Bamboozled, 2000, Showtime from 2002, Dave Chappelle's Block Party, The Hard Way, Cadillac Records, uh, Something the Lord Made, and Brown Sugar, among a handful of others. But a lot of these look like musical documentaries, uh, documentaries of another sort, uh, but there are a handful of narrative films littered throughout. Yeah, most deaf Yasin Bay. I like it. It's good. It'll be a an interesting thing just as like just to have his name there. You know, I see it every once in a while. It's not that often. I can't remember the last time I saw. You know, the last movie I watched that he was in, it was probably something stupid, I don't know, something smaller, one of the documentaries. Uh, but, Yasin Bey. That's where we're at. Number eight, born in December, number 102 overall. So far, so good. Moving on to uh, number seven is one of the names that uh, isn't isn't going to be super familiar. Born in Illinois, December third, nineteen hundred, passing away September twenty sixth, nineteen seventy four, at the age of seventy three. Thirteen film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of sixty nine point eight five, no Oscar nominations, a, a value of nine, a score of sixty nine point five three to be ranked 73rd overall is Jeffrey Sayre, S-A-Y-R-E, Jeffrey Sayre. And uh, like many of these unknowns that I uh, bring up uh, quite often, it seems to be, on these top 10 lists, uh, Jeffrey Sayre is, for the most part, a background actor. In the film *The Big Sleep*, he plays a croupier, uncredited, and uh, so on and so forth for some of the other films he's been in, including *North by Northwest*, *Notorious*, *Out of the Past*, *Witness for the Prosecution*, *Mildred Pierce*, *Miracle on 34th Street*, 
the original Cape Fear, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, All the King's Men, Mr. Skeffington, Around the World in 80 Days, Dark Victory. Those are the ones I've seen, uh, making up about a fifth of his total filmography, according to Letterboxd, 63 total credits on there. Some of the ones I haven't seen. James Cagney in White Heat, Imitation of Life, Monsieur Verdu, The Roaring Twenties, uh, Woman on the Run, Advise and Consent, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes, The Strongest Man in the World, Three Strangers, Johnny O'Clock, Now You See Him, Now You Don't, and more. Not much to say. Uh, I guess I can talk about Cape Fear. I've, I've already kind of talked about it. I did it uh, a little bit um, since I watched that last month, and it was on the top ten Top 10 New Films from November. So I won't get into that. And I think that's the only one I've seen recently. I guess The Big Sleep as well. Uh, I've seen that. And I think that's going potentially going to be on the December Top 10 New Films. So I don't want to say too much about it. But Humphrey Bogart doing what Humphrey Bogart does best. Playing a noir detective uh, that drinks a lot. Kind of his, his M.O., as it were. Uh, so, Jeffrey Sayer, he's there. That was bad. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Sayer, number seven, born in December, number 73 overall. Number six, here's a name more people will recognize. Born in the United Kingdom, December 22nd, 1962. 45 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 60 even. Two Oscar nominations, no wins, a value of 12.5, a score of 69.95 to be ranked 70th overall, is Rafe Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. Now I mentioned he was on, he was number one last year, or two years ago when I did this list. He was the highest ranked December born actor at fifth overall. He has dropped quite considerably. Uh, at the time, I had seen him in 32 films. That number is now up to 45, so 13 films later. Uh, the fact that he's even on the list at all is is kind of astonishing, given you know just going that much deeper into someone's filmography, you generally find a lot of bad movies. It turns out, uh, not as many as I thought. Uh, some of the new films of his I've seen, I saw, were Holmes and Watson, which was garbage. Uh, Official Secrets, which was fairly meh. Uh, probably The End of the Affair, The White Crow. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Cemetery Junction, I assume. Uh, and including a trilogy uh, that he uh, led by Bill Nye, uh, which starts with page eight and then has Turks and Caicos and Salting the Battlefield. Uh, was fine. That's a fairly fine average trilogy of movies. So, <clears throat> uh, Ray Fiennes, brilliant, brilliant actor, uh, from his collaborations with Spielberg and Schindler's List to being in the um, Bond films, to the Harry Potter films, working with Wes Anderson in the Grand Budapest Hotel, to all the way being in the Lego movies. He's in both the Lego Batman movie. He's in the Lego movie, the second part. Uh, he's a voice in Kubo and the Two Strings. He was in The Hurt Locker, in Bruges, Hail Caesar, uh, The Prince of Egypt, The Reader, 
A Bigger Splash, Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, The English Patient, Strange Days, Quiz Show, Constant Gardener, Spielberg, the documentary from 2017 about him, uh, Spider, a film I quite enjoy, Coriolanus, another film I quite enjoy. Uh, it's a lot. He's been in a lot of stuff, and uh, he's very, very good in it. Um, I don't know if I could pick a favorite performance. It's probably some... I, it's, in Bruges, maybe Grand Budapest, possibly Schindler's List. I think those three are the big ones for me from his performances. Um, and uh, it would be a toss-up to... Uh, prob- mm, at the moment, I'm leaning in Bruges, but uh, I could be persuaded otherwise. Voldemort, of course, uh, classically portrayed by Ray Fiennes uh, beautifully. I might, I might add, uh, I thought he was a great choice. Uh, one of the few people who can actually make having a flat-nosed face, an actually flat-nosed face, uh, work somehow. Not like he can get it, but just it works. It, it looks possible. You know, he doesn't look like a garish, demonic hell spawn or something. You know, he looks weird, but acceptable if that makes any sense. Um, his voice talents are, are really impressive. I, I think I'm just now kind of realizing how often he does voice work. Kubo, Lego Batman, Lego Movie 2, Were- Curse of the Were-Rabbit, Prince of Egypt. And that's a lot of voice work, a lot of different studios, a lot of different formats of animation uh, over a long period of time. And it's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm surprised. I did not realize he did so much voice work. Uh, some of his lesser seen gems, Quiz Show, Strange Days, are both great. I really enjoy Spider. I really enjoy Coriolanus. I think both of those are quite good. And uh, slightly lesser seen, Looking, scrolling down the popularity of his list. And that's kind of it. That's it. Some of the films of his uh, that I haven't seen, and I keep forgetting to do this, uh, but... Since the top three most popular films I haven't seen are all new releases, I will try to remember to do this moving forward, uh, uh, which is um, showing what they're going to do next, that we're aware of at least. So for Ray Fiennes, No Time to Die, he's in the new James Bond film. The King's Man, he's in the new Kingsman movie. And uh, I assume he'll be a voice role in the new Doolittle film in a couple of months. What's that? Come out in February, uh, starring Robert Downey Jr. Beyond that, he was in The Baby of Macone from '93, Wuthering Heights from '92, Sunshine from 1999, Oscar and Lucinda, The Good Thief, Onigan, Bernard and Doris, The Miracle Maker, and The White Countess. A lot of movies left to see from Ray Fiennes. According to this, I've only seen 55% of his movies. And of course, as always, a handful at the bottom are, you know, not really movies. But there are quite a few that I still have yet to get into. And uh, I look forward to it because Ray Fiennes is a pretty good actor. Number six, born in December. Number 70, overall. Halfway, halfway. Next up, uh, as we kind of kind of do a little ping pong action back and forth between names you're gonna recognize and names you're not gonna recognize, uh, 
Number five, born in Utah, December 24th, 1896, passing on June 17th, 1975, at the age of 78. 11 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 73.55, no Oscar nominations, a value of 10.5, a score of 72.73 to be ranked 46th overall. We're in the top 50 now. Is Danny, I'm going to mispronounce this last name, Borzage, Borzaggy, Borzaggy, Borzage, Borsage, Borzage, Borzag, Borzag. Something. One of those is probably correct. 11 films that I've seen. He has 18 film credits on Letterboxd. Uh, I'm guessing that's probably uh, a bigger number if you look at IMDb. But some of those films include classics like Stagecoach, To Kill a Mockingbird, Sunset Boulevard, Witness for the Prosecution, My Darling Clementine, The Westerner, and Citizen Kane, among others. Some of his films that I haven't seen include the 1957 version of 310 to Yuma, Fort Apache, The Long Voyage Home, Support Your Local Sheriff, Alias Nick Beale, A Ticklish Affair, and True to Life. And I said some of them, but that's all the films of his that I haven't seen according to Letterboxd. 18. Uh, So I've seen 60% of his films, a majority. And I'm familiar with 310 to Yuma and Fort Apache. Those are the ones I recognize. 310 to Yuma, of course, was remade in the 2000s with Christian Bale and uh, Russell Crowe. Fort Apache, another one I've heard, directed by John Ford, starring Henry Fonda, Shirley Temple, John Wayne, among others. A pretty, pretty big movie. A lot of big names. So those are the big ones that I have yet to see and I'm looking forward to. Danny Borzage uh, does not even have a picture on Letterboxd to let you know what he looks like. So who knows? He could be any skin color. He could be 10 feet tall, 4 feet tall, 3 arms, 1 arm. Can't say. Couldn't tell you. Danny Borzage, number 5, born in December, number 46 overall. But now, back to somebody you will know the name of. Uh, born in New York, December 25th, 1899, a Christmas baby, passing January 14th, 1957, at the young age of 57 years old. With 25 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 66.16, two Oscar nominations, one win. A value of 14, a score of 75.26 to be ranked 26th overall, is Humphrey Bogart. He meant I mentioned him earlier for the Big Sleep. I watched that because he wasn't the only he wasn't the only one in it that uh, was born in December. And I mean, you know, he's he's one of the greatest male. stars. Stars of all time. Casablanca, The Maltese Falcon, The Treasure of the Sierra, Ma- Sierra Madre, The Big Sleep, In a Lonely Place, Sabrina, The African Queen, To Have and Have Not, Key Largo, Angels with Dirty Faces. The list goes on and on. He's got 115 film credits on Letterboxd. I've seen 20% of that, 21% of that. Uh, I've knocked off most of the big ones, but I mean, a guy like this, they're all big ones, you know? He's, he's, 
he reminds me in a way of James Stewart. I think both of them were are huge names. I, most people who watch any movies can recognize Humphrey Bogart's name, recognize James Stewart. But from my experience, uh, they both have a small range of performances they can give. And they're both fantastic within that range. Uh, you know, Jimmy Stewart has his. Bogart's range is very different from Jimmy Stewart's, but he has it nonetheless. I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, he, he's best when he's playing a sort of drunk, noir detective type of role. And he does that primarily. Sometimes he, he goes a little bit outside of that. African Queen, Treasure of the, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, doesn't quite fit the mold uh, that he had. And I think he has a little more range in what he's able to do than Jimmy Stewart had. But he definitely had a type. And it, you know, his, his, his gangster type role, the way he talks, his accent, his voice, it, it all fit so perfectly in that, in that wheelhouse. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Again, I'm not going to say that Humphrey Bogart is the best actor ever or would even be in the conversation necessarily, but as a star, as an icon, as a name, as a, as a face, he is, you know, indelible in, in the world of film. Um, you know, he's, he's etched into it. He is carved into the side, and uh, it's kind of it's impossible to, to avoid if you're trying to see some of the best films, you know, which... He's been in some of the best films. Uh, so, Humphrey Bogart. Great, great, great. Last time I did this list, uh, he didn't even make it. He was not on the top ten list two years ago. So, uh, I've seen a few more films of his now, and he jumps all the way up to fourth place. Uh, which I think is very deserving at this point in time. African Queen won him an Oscar. Uh, he was nominated for his performance in Casablanca, uh, which I kind of think was better, but it's the Oscars, so what are you going to do? Number four, born in December, number 26 overall. Next up, uh, keeping up with the trend, is someone you probably won't recognize the name of, uh, except for me having said it before. Born in Ireland, December 4th, 1888, passing away December 2nd, 1968, at the age of 79. With 36 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 63.22, no Oscar nominations, a value of 15.5, a score of 75.39, to be ranked 25th overall, is Colin Kenny. I mentioned him. He made the list last time I did this, back in 2017. He was fourth then at 36th overall. He's made a little bit of ground up. Uh, and most of that comes from the fact that he was only in 19 films that I'd seen back then. That number has jumped up to 36. So I've almost doubled the amount of films I've seen him in. And his rating has improved. And that is definitely something that happens with these actors who appear to be in everything that took that came out back in the day. Uh, North by Northwest, Kill a Mockingbird, Sweet Small Success, The Manchurian Candidate, All About Eve, My Fair Lady, Witness for the Prosecution, Jennifer per Gentleman for Blondes, Judgment at Nuremberg, The Adventures of Robin Hood, Foreign Correspondent, The Bandwagon, Limelight, Mrs. Miniver, The Music Man, Captain Blood, 
designed for a living. Endless. And again, like Colin Kenny is he's there. He's in 87 films according to Letterboxd. I'm sure that number is much bigger if you look at IMDb. 43% I've seen give or take uh, here and there. And you know, he just he's in everything. He's in more than enough things that, that he just yeah. He's in, in, in a lot of movies. A lot of movies. Some of his movies that I haven't seen yet include White Heat with James Cagney, Charles Chaplin in Monsieur Verdoux, Ministry of Fear, Compulsion, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from 1941, The Invisible Man Returns from 1940, The Seahawk from 1940, Reign of Terror and A Christmas Carol from 1938, bunch of movies, handful that I'm actually familiar with and, and aware of. A lot of uh, films that were later remade, like Alice in the Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland from 1933, and, uh, you know, the Dr. Jekyll and Hyde, Invisible Man, and A Christmas Carol, and so on and so forth. Colin Kenny, man, uh, what a resilient, resilient performer who's in so many f- films uh, that, you know, he's, he's going to be a mainstay, you know, he moved up two spots, uh, or one spot, rather, from fourth to third, now, interestingly, the gap between second and third, uh, from December is very, very wide, and uh, I think you could probably add two 100 score films to Colin Kenny's filmography, and he would fall short of taking over second place, I think, um, two and a half, five. Yeah, he would probably fall short. And that is a lot. That is a, a huge gap. Uh, so it probably is going to need, he's probably going to need a little bit of work from our next person uh, on the negative side of things, in addition to me watching some fantastic films that he's in. So, number three, born in December, number 25 overall, Colin Kenny. Colin Kenny. Number two, born Oklahoma, December 18th, 1963, with 47 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 65.45, three Oscar nominations, no wins, a value of 22. Give you a little perspective, that is the second highest value of any person on the entire spreadsheet. The only person higher is John Ratzenberger, who was born in April, so he is not above this person and a score of 84.78 to be ranked third third overall we are we are in the big leagues right now as it were and this is brad pitt brad pitt was number two in december two years ago he remains number two this year uh, back then he was ninth overall after with me having seen 39 films he'd been in I've now seen 47 films of his, and he is third overall. Uh, it's 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 impressive. He's got a huge filmography, some incredible films. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He has a very brief cameo in Deadpool 2. He's uh, was in Ad Astra this year. Uh, so you know those three films uh, definitely helped him out quite a bit. 
I recently rewatched Moneyball. He's fantastic in Moneyball. I rewatched Megamind fairly recently. He was also great in that. Um, what else of his have I seen fairly recently? I wanted to watch Meet Joe Black, and I have not gotten around to that just yet. Um, what else is there? Not sure. I feel like there's so many movies, and like I scrolled through like 40 of them, and it still doesn't feel like I've gotten through all of them. Um, yeah, uh, he's in some great movies. And whether or not you think he's the best actor in the world or one of the best actors in the world or alive even, um, that aside, he absolutely attaches himself to some of the best projects. You know, whether or not you, you know, he works, he works with Tarantino, um, he works with uh, 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 Soderbergh on the Oceans films, you know, Fincher with Seven and... and and Fight Club, it just, he's able to get pretty much anything he wants, you know, from his small role in 12 Years a Slave, uh, working in Tree of Life, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, being John Malkovich, 12 Monkeys, Burn After Reading, Snatch, Thelma and Louise, Back in 91, Fury, Interview with a Vampire, you know, it, it just... The range, the variety of films, the types of films, Megamind, to Thelma and Louise, to Moneyball, to Ocean's Eleven, to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, to Deadpool 2, to Fight Club, to 12 Years a Slave, like, that just, there's very little in common, very little that those films have in common with each other. And he, um, you know, he, he's, he does it, right? He, he's been around, he, he knows how to work in this studio, in this system, he is very good at it, and uh, I think we're quite fortunate to see him in so many films. I, I loved him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought he was very good in that. Thought he was good in Ad Astra, even if I didn't like the movie as much. Um, you know, I, I think I think he's a really good actor. But. Again, and I think I said this last time when I talked about him, he's not, wouldn't rank as one of my favorite actors from a quality standpoint, from a ability standpoint. He's just very, very good. And his the, the amount of times he verges into great are few and far between. And I don't think that's, that's not a problem. I don't think he needs to be great. Uh, most actors aren't great and if we only had great actors in movies we would have very 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 few movies but he is absolutely one of the more reliable actors uh out there you know as you know he he's great as as infrequently as he is not very good if that makes any sense he is so consistent you know whether it's the big short whether it's inglorious bastards whether it's uh, assassination of Jesse James, whether it's, um, I don't know, Troy, Babel, True Romance, Allied, The Counselor, War Machine, Legends of the False Sleepers, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Spy Game, Seven Years in Tibet, A River Runs Through It, Happy Feet 2, California, like, it just, half of those are not good movies, and yet he's still good in them, he's very good in all of them, uh, you know, I, 
I have a great respect for Brad Pitt, and I don't think I did. I don't think I had that quite as much um, two years ago when I talked about him before on this list. I definitely do. I really like looking at the films he was in this year. Even if you just limit it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Ad Astra, what he's doing in these two movies is is fantastic. He's very good in both of them. He's giving very different performances in both of them. He's showing a lot of different sides. He, unlike someone like Humphrey Bogart, who was pitch perfect within his wheelhouse, Brad Pitt might not be that that fine tooth scalpel within any one kind of character, but he can absolutely paint with any brush. He can be the hero, the villain the good guy, the bad guy, the good bad guy, the bad good guy. He can be the leading man. He can be the supporting character. He can be the cameo. He can do all of that. And uh, it's it's a very, very unique tool set that he has access to. Some of his films that I haven't seen, uh, the the aforementioned Meet Joe Black, The Mexican, By the Sea, Cool World, no Way Out, Cutting Class, The Devil's Own, and Johnny Swade. Oh boy, look at the hair. Among others. Um, yeah, a lot of movies, a lot of stuff left. He's got 87 credits according to Letterboxd. I've seen a little over half of that. So many, many films of his left to see. We can, uh, you know, remains to be seen if he can, he can stay atop the leaderboard, uh, not just in December, but overall, uh, you know, like I said with Colin Kenny, he would take two, uh, two, one, two movies rated a hundred would not get him above Brad Pitt. Two movies rated zero would also probably not get Brad Pitt below Colin Kenny. Uh, and, uh, Brad Pitt, you know, he really isn't in movies that low and he's still making them right. He's, you know, he had three new film credits at least this year. And the only thing on Letterboxd that he's got in the future is Babylon, directed by Damien Chazelle, co-starring Emma Stone. I'm looking forward to it. Chazelle, Stone, Pitt. Sounds great to me. Number two, born in December. Number three, overall, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Number one, the highest-ranked actor born in December, was born in Japan. On December 13th, 1932. Still alive. 12 film credits that I've seen. An average film rating of 86.75. More than 10 points higher than the next highest person in this top 10 list. And that's the average rating of the films he's been in. No Oscar nominations. A value of 19.5. A score of 93.86. More than 9 full points above Brad Pitt who was in third place, and ranked first overall. Uh, So our number one of all the actors on my spreadsheet, a dozen films, is Tatsuya Nakadai. I talked a lot about him in my review for The Human Condition. I talked about him two years ago when we did the 2017 edition. I'd only seen him in eight films then, so four additional films in the last two years. And uh, he was 25th overall back then. He's now first. We've had a couple of couple of different people take first place overall. 
you know, for the longest time. Uh, at various points, it started out with uh, Christian Bale. It shifted to Samuel L. Jackson. Sometimes the scoring got adjusted here and there, uh, and eventually it became Sherry Lynn. And even uh, for a while, I believe it was Best Flowers, and now it is Tatsuya Nakadai. And that nine-point gap he has over Brad Pitt is about the same thing he has over the second-placed person right now, which happens to be William H. O'Brien, who is, you know, two-tenths of a, of a score above Brad Pitt and uh, 8.9 points below Tatsuya Nakadai. It, he's just on another level. There isn't a single film that he's been in that I've seen rated below a 70, which is kind of insane. Uh, so, But when you look at the films he's been in, Seven Samurai, Ran, Yojimbo, Sanjuru, Harakiri, The Tale of Princess Kaguya, High and Low, Belladonna of Sadness, and the three Human Condition films, that's pretty tough to beat. Um, and that doesn't even include a lot of films of his I haven't seen uh, that I fully expect to be very, very good. Uh, Samurai Rebellion, uh, which is directed by the same guy that directed Harakiri and directed the Human Condition films. The Face of Another, uh, which is another Japanese film uh, that I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, it's got a 4.1 average rating on Letterboxd. Kagamusha, which is a Kurosawa film. He's in. He was one of those guys. He was... Uh, maybe not the, um, uh, what's his name? Maybe not the Toshiro Mifune quite, but absolutely deserves to be in that same conversation, deserves to be as much of a household name as Mifune is. Uh, you know, no, you know, not to slight Mifune, he is a great actor in his own right and deserves his own place. Uh, he himself is ranked 43rd overall on my spreadsheet, but man, Tatsuya Nakadai, uh, you know, just watching him in the human condition, watching him uh, in Harakiri, uh, he is incredible. As one of the best actors, uh, definitely deserves a place in that. You know, he's on he, he's he his position as first overall on my spreadsheet is probably as close as he as anyone on my spreadsheet is to their actual ranking of like where I would put them if I was saying who my favorite actor is from a quality standpoint. Uh you know, and and it just he he um so here's here's a little backstory. Uh this is you can find this some of this, these details on the Letterboxd bi biography. But back in the 1950s, Masaki Kobayashi, director of The Human Condition uh, and Harakiri, discovered Tatsuya Nakadai as a shop clerk at the time. He quickly became uh, a, a, you know, a recognizable name, a, a great actor, and eventually one of the favorite leading men for Kurosawa's films. Uh, and then even more so, once there was a very public falling out between Kurosawa and Toshiro Mifune. 
uh, he he just you know that that's I don't know it's it's something it's it's something that's very you know obviously he has the skills to be this big name to be in these big films but you know there's always a little luck involved uh, you know I don't think I presume he had nothing to do with the falling out between Mifune and Kurosawa. But if that hadn't happened, uh, maybe he doesn't get as big roles that he had with Kurosawa. Maybe he's in three films with Kurosawa instead of five films with Kurosawa. He was in a, He's in 11 films directed by Kobayashi, uh, including a bunch of other stuff. And um, the first film that he's in, I haven't seen it. And I don't know if I can find the poster super quickly. But according to this, the first film that he acted in was called The Thick-Walled Room. Uh, So I am pretty curious about that one. Uh, Tatsuya Nakadai. Uh, So so the films of his I haven't seen are many. Over a hundred, at least. Uh, But some of the more well-known ones, Kagamusha, Samurai Rebellion, The Sword of Doom, The Face of Another, When a Woman Ascends the Stairs, Kill, Over Your Dead Body, AK, which I believe is a Kurosawa documentary, Goyokin, Zatoichi Goes to the Fire Festival, Black River, Giovanni's Island, The Inheritance, Hachiko, Odd Obsession, Wicked City, and many, many more. Um, you know, he has a lot of films I haven't seen. I... Yeah. <laughs> Tatsuya Nakadai. Uh, if you want to see, in my opinion, the best example of Nakadai and Mifune uh, working together, you can find them in the sequel to Sanjuro, which is Yojimbo. Or, uh, Rather, the opposite of that, I believe. The secret to, to Yojimbo, which is Sanjuro, um, came out in 1962. Kurosawa directed it. Mifune stars in it. Nakadai, second credited uh, actor in it. And it just, um, I don't know. I love it. I think it's one of the best films that the three of them worked on. And the fact that they all worked on together... I wouldn't. I would say it's akin to something like Scorsese with De Niro and Pacino in the same film. Like it, it's you know, it, it's exactly that, in my opinion. And it's not them in like The Irishman. It's like all of these people in their prime. So what's not to like? What's not to enjoy? Tatsuya Nakadai, incredible, incredible actor. And someone I'm, I greatly, greatly respect. One of my favorites uh, across all genres, you know, years, decades, languages, anything. Um, so, whew, all of that said, let a, let me run down my... So, Tatsuya Nakadai, number one in December, number one overall. My top ten. Bottom of the top from 2019, born in December. Maggie Smith, Kumar Palana, Yasin Bey, Jeffrey Sayre, Ray Fiennes, Danny Borzage, Humphrey Bogart, Colin Kenny, Brad Pitt, and Tatsuya 
Nakadai. That's it. That, that, that's it. Those are my top 10 December-born actors as of 2019. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It does mean a lot. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can head over to iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found. You can find every episode on thecircleoffilm.com, the website, including other things uh, like all the top 10 actor-born lists that I've ever done, including various statistics therein, uh, especially now that I'm getting into the getting to a point where I'm redoing those lists. You can see changes over time and other such things. You can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film, on Letterboxd at Circle of Film, or email circleoffilm at gmail.com about anything and everything. You can support the show by liking it, rating it, reviewing it, subscribing to it, uh, telling someone about it, or just listening to it, depending on who you are, what you're about, and uh, the service you use. But obviously, listening to it is uh, the most ideal thing you can do. If you are so inclined, you can you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film where for as little as eight cents an episode, you can get early access to all episodes, including this one. This one was early access to uh, people who were part of the Patreon. Uh, I recorded this on the 18th of December and released it on the 18th of December, knowing that it wouldn't be released for a whole week. This is a Christmas episode, so could have had it a whole week early. Uh, and uh, that's it. Thank you for listening, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, au revoir, I'll be the same. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.